This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Fabulous Fox has United firing. And back home this week, D must take care of the honest men. Hello and welcome to this week's Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duffy and podding with me this week are Alan Temple. Hello Tom. And the ever glummer George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan. <laughs> Hello everyone. Don't try to sound cheery. Yeah. You've been moaning non-stop until we pressed the record button. <laughs> but no, more of that later. Alan, two wins. I have no idea how to approach talking about a victory at this point. Um, <laughs> I know I'm lost. I was so happy days. Well, what are they? Yeah, it's um, it's been a very positive um, week or so for Dundee United, and one that they badly needed, and one in which I think the we're just discussing the the circumstances of the, the victories are are really positive as well. Two very different ones against Aberdeen. Um, they were fantastic. Game could have been different if Majofsky doesn't um, fluff his lines with a golden opportunity. But from that point onwards, Dundee United were excellent against the Dons. They took their chances. They defended well. They were clinical in decisive moments and played some lovely football. Then against Hibs, very different game. Hibs had a lot of chances. They had a lot of pressure. They had a lot of territory. And United had to stand firm. They defended well when they had to. They did give up a few too many chances. But when that happened... Their goalkeeper stood really firm, which is something that hasn't always been said this season, and he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for his recent performances. Slightly under the radar, but three clean sheets in six. He made seven saves against Dundee United, which um, on our friends at, at Opta during the week, just out of curiosity, only two goalkeepers have made more saves in a single match than Eriksson's tally of saves. Um against uh, Hibernian, that was uh, Ross Laidlaw against Rangers and bizarrely Mark Birigiti, um earlier this season against Hearts uh, with, with 9 and 8 respectively. So Eriksson can be really happy with his performance, sibled back in the team, real positive, playing really well. And yeah, now it's early in the season, so it's not something to be obsessed with, but the mental boost of being off the bottom of the league is a real positive. The, the very different natures of the two wins is a real positive. And even the fact that they're against teams like Hibs and Aberdeen and the fact they were at home where they've struggled. Yeah, both riding high. Exactly, both good sides. You know, they're not, these weren't scrappy wins against Kilmarnock. These were home wins to nil against two of the stronger sides out with Rangers and Celtic in this division. So real reasons to be cheerful for the first time in a while, but it can't be a flash in the pan. They now go up north to play a team Perhaps for the the first time in in a wee while that people will be saying right well you should win this game like people they would have hoped to have beat Aberdeen and Hibs but this is a game where they go well now is your chance to put distance between yourselves and the bottom here's a game you should win and uh, it will be a challenge up there but they can go up with a, a bit of confidence it's been a yeah how, how things can change in the, in the space of a few days yeah I mean bear Alan's praised the, the goalie there. That's what you want from every position is if you get your chance. You well, make the most of it. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm delighted for Ericsson because he, he has come in for a, a bit of flak, as has the vast majority of the United team, and rightly so. But I'm delighted for Ericsson. If you're going to be man of the match, um, you want to be man of the match in a victory. Too often you're man of the match as a goalkeeper when your team has lost the game, yeah. unfortunately. You've, you've made these saves, but great for him to, to do that. You uh, had a wee bit of luck on his side. You need that, Tom. You need that right across the park. Um, you know, two clean sheets. They say a week's a long time in politics, and as just now as well, I've got to say. But you know, for Dundee United, what a, what a lift for them. You know, two games. I mean, Aberdeen. I didn't believe the hype coming out of the Granite City. I've got to say about how good Aberdeen were. I've got yeah, I never to say. quite got it. Um, they have improved. There's no doubt about that. They had to improve, but still, it was a it was a you know it was a fantastic performance and a fantastic win in the end. But you know what? I think. Liam Fox will take greater encouragement. I know that Aberdeen performance was probably better all round in terms of what they gave and, and the goals they got, but Liam Fox will take greater encouragement from the win 
against Hibs because I said in the chat you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer but to actually go into a game against Hibs and grind out three points yeah. and follow up instantly you know that victory over Aberdeen was pivotal because if they'd gone into the Hibs game and lost then the, the questions would still be getting asked now we're saying have United really turned the corner you know and, and there is real hope for that now the fact that they've done it and, and, they're, and they're putting two clean sheets so yeah real encouragement for United the way the, the, the team's played um, I take my hat off to Liam Fox he's come in for a lot of stick in his, his short tenure in, in the hot seat but yeah hopefully they can take it on now and, and go up to Ross County and get a result of the weekend and Liam Fox definitely deserves credit for um, not completely ripping up the team's tactics and strategy but he's made some he made really really smart brave alterations they've been playing a 3-5-2 for a while now and it's been designed to be stodgy and hard to beat but it's been kind of lacking in invention and even and against St Johnson it was still a little um, too easy to play through in the, in the middle of the park he changed to a 3-4-3 a three, three effectively and that's it was really brave because effect, what he's kind of done with that is taking a body out of central midfield. He's taken Jamie McGrath out of central midfield and put him as part of a, a more mobile front three with Glenn Middleton, Tony Watt uh, and Jamie McGrath. And that's bold. I don't think anybody would have seen St Johnston playing through Dundee United's midfield at will on the counter-attack and said, Do you know what, let's actually take a body out of mm. midfield. But what he's done is he's taken a body out of midfield, put him as part of a front three and said, we'll have a mobile high press and high energy front three. And you know what? We'll try and take the ball off you before it gets to the midfield. We'll try and take the ball off you before it becomes an engine room scrap that we might lose. And that's worked brilliantly. It's been bold. It's been aggressive. It's exactly what fans want to see. And when the ball does get into the centre of the park, having somebody like Craig Sibbled in there with a wee bit more defensive nous than, for example, in Ian Harks is working really well. So, And also... A shout out for the, the you know putting Liam Smith and Scott McMahon either side of Ryan Edwards. Again, that's mobility, it's energy. Those two players can cover over the respective flanks, which allows your wing-backs to bomb forward, not worrying about what's behind them because they know Liam Smith and Scott McMahon can move. And look at the benefits you've got. You've got a Kieran Freeman assist um, against Aberdeen and you've got Aziz Behic with two goals in two games. These are not reinventing the wheels from, from Liam Fox, but they were brave, they were bold, and they were really effective. And I think they're indicative of a, of a coach who clearly has tactical nous and is clearly getting a tune from his players. So early days, but you know we're, we're quick, quick to criticise when things go wrong, rightly, and we should be quick to praise when a, a really smart couple of changes pay absolute dividends kind of quite visibly. Well, I have to defend all of us here. The, the, the criticism <laughs> of Liam Fox didn't come from here. Oh no, of course. And there was a bit. If you if you look over his, what is it? He's had now five games. There was progress there. This Johnson. Let Let's be honest. A provincial club in any league. If you have one in five games, it's a bad game. It's it's not the worst thing. There was in every. I mean, obviously the two wins are great. The one in the league cup against Livingston. Did a decent job at Ibrox. Kept it. Kept it more than respectable. So, criticism of him has been a bit hard, albeit it was a, a bad game. Maybe people need to learn, keep your criticism confined to the 90 minutes and, and, and also look at the big picture because they seem more solid. And I mean, it strikes me, the two zeros in the uh, goals against column, that's what United's strength was last season. And, that, uh, and if they're, they're starting to score goals... I don't, I don't want to get carried away, but the top six still isn't that far away if they start winning. No, I mean, what they've done is obviously they've jumped off the bottom, which is massive. Even yeah. at this early stage I mean, in the season, nobody likes picking up the paper in the morning and seeing your team at the bottom and seeing your team cut adrift at the bottom and there was a real, real danger term that United could have found themselves well adrift at this point in time. Um, as it is, you know, they've jumped off, albeit they're alongside Kilmarnock and Ross County on eight points. But what they have done is they've dragged everybody else right back into it. It's game on again. Even teams above them, St Johnston, Livingston, Motherwell now are now within touching distance. And that should be United's next goal to pull themselves up yeah. and away from that. And those teams as well and they will now be looking over their shoulders thinking, oh, oh, we've got another, you know, we're not going to be an easy street here. We're going to have to sort of start picking up results. So... 
Yeah, it's, it's very interesting and great, as, as we've, we've touched on for Liam Fox, because uh, he has, I mean, we mentioned the last two results, but you're right, going back over a, even a, a longer period, there is definite signs there that the team is, has, has turned a bit of a corner. And the, the pressure was on them a bit as well ahead of that yeah. Aberdeen game, with the, obviously with the six o'clock strange kickoff. Uh, games had happened before on the day, and Kamarnock had picked up a win during the week, Ross mm-hmm. County had won. Suddenly, if you lose that, then yeah, you're really worried. The weekend, yeah, so the, the things look even worse. Kind of rose to the the, the kind of pressure, but it felt like they once they got that first goal against Aberdeen, they kind of took all the frustrations of the season out on Aberdeen. I thought Aberdeen <laughs> were really poor, but uh, United United were, were excellent. And then I'm, I agree with you, Tom. The the two nils is is, is huge concern. The defensive massive defensive issues they've had all season and, and keeping I mean, the teams up. Alan you mentioned the, the tweak he's made we we mentioned it here last week one thing they had to do is run about a bit more yeah and, you know get about and and maybe by moving McGrath that's the uh, he's done that and I mean managers will tell you and defenders will cer- certainly tell you defending starts from the front yeah absolutely even, even if you don't win the ball if you if you make your opponent go quicker there's more chance of mistakes 100% it's the buzzword I would suggest from the last two games has like been buzzword. it's been mobility as they are a immeasurably more mobile team than at any point this season and I'm actually starting that from the goalkeeper Carl Johan Eriksson mm. for all these had moments of criticism he is one of the fastest keepers I've seen for a long time you know because he is he isn't that hulking six foot four build he is washbush along the ground so he is able to get out and if anyone could, was off such a mind to go back and watch the highlights of the of the Hibs game look at how many of his key saves are because he dashes off the line at speed that's how he saves Craig Sibold's blushes that's how he gets out when um, Behich slips and then Martin Boyle has a chance in the first half he's in your face before you realise it so that starts from him McMahon Liam Smith, Kieran Freeman, Aziz Behich, Craig Sibbald, Dylan Levitt, Glenn Middleton and Jamie McGrath, either side of Tony Watt. As, that's their entire outfield team, aside from Ryan Edwards, who's kind of the rock in the middle of that defence. Every single player I've listed there can get about a football pitch. And that's what Liam Fox has evidently gone for. He said, I want hard work, I want energy, I want the bare minimum to be effort in getting in the opposition's faces. And this is... This is the Scottish Premiership. That's an effective strategy. It always has been. Playing off playing teams off the park, that's awful difficult. But, you know, energy, work rate, that's things that will always be effective in Scottish football. And they've been really effective for Dundee United in recent games. And see, once you've won that battle, see, once you've made it clear that the opposition aren't going to get a minute and they're going to be under real pressure, at that point you say, well, now when we've got the ball, can our quality tell? And I don't think there's ever been any doubt that you go through that Dundee United team particularly in the final third and say mm. they they have some fine football players and they and and that's that's what's shown but yeah energy and mobility has been absolutely key and it's a funny old headache they've got now because you look at the side and you go well where do Charlie Mulgrew and where does Stephen Fletcher fit in that? I was going to say when, when things turn they can often mm. when they get bad they get everything goes wrong but now he's got experienced players who are going to be available hopefully from this weekend and that's a great thing too isn't it well, I mean it's, it absolutely is because the, there's no world in which having Stephen Fletcher knocking on your door or having Charlie Mulgrew knocking on your door and saying I'm ready to play a part is a bad thing however I'm certainly be fascinated to see uh, where those particular players would fit into this new philosophy this new structure and what has worked so well in recent games if I'm anybody in that Dundee United team I'm probably furious if I get dropped mm. so I think at this point you go with what's been yeah. so effective in the last couple of games but then again that's a that's a conundrum for Liam Fox to, to figure out and he's he's due the the right to, to say well you know what you, you guys sit back and talk your talk and I'll figure out what the best team to play is he's, he's earned that right because he's done <laughs> he's done really well in the last couple of games with his lineup and um, if there is a, a strategy that can perhaps fit in guys like Stephen Fletcher and Charlie Mulgrew then I'm sure he'll be looking to, to find that but what a lovely headache to have at this point because right. they've had some worse headaches over the course of this season certainly have and having made a lot of the two clean sheets I think it's only fair will highlight as well the the three goals from open play in these two games scored by United players because there was a wonderful own goal in the Aberdeen game 
cracking goals. The, and Behic is on fire. Trying to stop him. I thought the, the goal against Hibs was excellent. Uh, obviously showing these... We were just discussing before the podcast about how much better... Well, Alan was saying how much better... missing <laughs> if we couldn't start recording. <laughs> <laughs> how much better he is as a wing-back rather than a left-back. And, and, and maybe the, he used to be a winger. Uh, mm. And you could kind of bear yours than that. He, can, yeah. he showed that in the, in the way he took his goal. I, I knew a lot of boys that, that started their careers... Um, playing up top but as they got older and, and got a bit slower effectively they moved back mm -hmm. in, in the business but you always, they always retain that skill of getting up the park being able to put a good cross into the box for a start being able to beat a man but also being able to take a goal and then they get into a position mm -hmm. it looks like he's got something there and it'd be interesting to go back and if Hal maybe gets a chance to have a word about, about that where is you know is that something he's just developed from the position he's been in or when he was younger did he actually have like most of us, what did he, you know, a, a player that played up front and get mm. goals, you know, but he certainly looks as though he's got that. And what a, what a valuable addition it is for Dundee United to have. If you've got guys coming in off the flank who can do something like that, it just adds to the, the, the sort of attacking prowess you've got in your team, which, you know, it's, it's a great position for Fox to be in. He's suddenly kind of shown why, why United brought yeah. to the club. Mm -hmm. I have to say as well, being a, being a fan of the Australian soccer, uh, <laughs> when I'm having my breakfast on a Saturday morning, they just all bomb forward. They are a country of players who just want to attack all the yeah. time. They, uh, maybe it's to do with the fact that their top league doesn't no, have relegation. Yeah. But they're just <laughs> homing away. The team's just bomb forward. And he, he certainly lives up to that, doesn't I, he? I, I felt like he was a bit unfortunate when he started because he got kind of chucked in against EZ. He didn't look up to speed. No. Uh, and obviously, the way that game went, ever, everyone's going to get a massive hit in confidence so I think he was a bit unfortunate he kind of got chucked into yeah. the United's worst part or the worst bit of form I think anybody can remember from Dundee United I, I, would, I would imagine um, so it's, it's good to see that he's been the spark obviously scoring the, f the first two goals in both games but I you could see from the reaction he's getting on social media with when he, he posted after the, the game on Tuesday you could see the reaction he's getting from fans that are really Quite really loving team. him these days. So. Yeah, good. Again, as I always go back to his entertainment, and he's a, yeah. he's mm -hmm. good, good player to watch, isn't he? Yeah, there's, he's definitely got cult hero potential. Um, I, I retweeted a video yesterday that somebody posted, and you can look at that if it's um, if if you can live with the sweary that's contended uh, within the, oh, the retweet. Don't like watching that, <laughs> but it's uh, you know it's him basically celebrating a, a tough tackle in front of the fans uh, as if he's just won what the World Cup. So much aggression, so much fire and he's a, I think he's going to be a real fans favourite because he he's definitely got something about him. He's an interesting character. He's, it's funny, you, you sit and, and chat to him and he's like very, very straight-laced. You know, nice man, but very straight-laced and um, kind of calm, uh, Aussie vibes, chilled out, mm -hmm. uh, beach, all that sort of uh, stereotypes. <laughs> despite the fact he spent so much of his time in Turkey, but it's. Um, but then you well, see his him name on, nearly is beach. Yeah. It's not far off. It, so. <laughs> so you see, but you see him on the you see him on the pitch, and yeah, it's fire, it's aggression, it's pace, and it's exactly what fans want to see. And um, and I mean, going back a little bit further, we sat here last season and said, yeah, Dundee United are structured, they're solid, they play with this back three with, with, wing, with wing backs, but oh, what you would give for those wing backs to have more attacking intent, you know, what you would give for, if that's going to be your wide outlet, it needs to be a more effective one. Well, now they potentially do. Mm. Kieran Freeman and Aziz Behic on each side is a far more potent, exciting um, attacking wide areas um, option than anything Tam Court's ever had. So, um, I th I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get carried away because uh, I've fallen into that trap earlier this season and uh, the, the disastrous fall was, quite frankly, yes. spectacular. <laughs> However, what, what I I'm, I've certainly have a, a more of a degree of positivity about what could be ahead in the next few matches than, than I've had for, for, for a, a wee while watching Dundee yeah, United. The, the good thing from the fans, especially in the Aberdeen game, the look they looked like the team that we always thought they could be. Even when they were getting results last season, the criticism was it could be more attractive. And yes. When you look at the players in that squad, you were scratching your head a bit that it wasn't. But sometimes you have to forget, United are re-establishing themselves as one of the, are trying to re-establish themselves as one of the big boys in the Premier mm. League. And it takes time. And it, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, hopefully now they've they've got over their bad start to the season. This could be 
the time to see them sort of express themselves a bit more. Well, it should be. Uh, you know, uh, the kind of take confidence from the last two games. And that is getting ahead of myself, yeah. I must admit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the last two games and, and the results. And when can you take confidence from them? And they've got a run of games coming up where they'll be tough. There's no doubt about that. But Ross County, Kilmarnock in the Cup, you know, St Mirren, Motherwell, all games that you, you would you would fancy United to, you know, let's be honest, I'd be very surprised if they went and won every single game. But there's a good chance to go and get themselves through in the cup, pick up a few points along the way and keep the momentum going. You always feel um, with clubs in the, in the position that Dundee United found themselves in is the main thing is don't get yourself in a, in a position. And we've seen it with Dundee in the past where you go on a run of games where you pick up absolutely nothing. Yeah. Mm. Zero, nada. And the teams around you start pulling away and pulling away. Well, that's what United have got to try and find now. They've got to f- try and find that balance where they might not win a game, but they're coming away with a point one week, three points the next week. You know, they might lose a game, but in the next game they're picking up again. You don't want a run of form where it is, is desperately poor and you, you, you're getting nothing. You have to have some sort of consistent level in there. Um, and you, you talk about sort of how the team's team has turned. Remember when, when, when United uh, and, and uh, uh, Tom Court's part of the company, one of the reasons they were saying they were wanting to play a more attractive style of football and it was Jack mm-hmm. Ross's remit when he came in to try and do that yeah. and you're maybe saying you know Jack Ross is gone and I know he was only there for a short period but you're maybe actually seeing Liam Fox now he's actually getting the benefit of what you're, yeah. we're, we're thinking about and and you know Alan touched on the team with Freeman and McMahon you know, there's there's a lot of new players in there. McGrath, Sybil, you've got to remember that as well. They're all they're all we're only into October, so even though you know some of these boys have been at the club for a while, there's there's it has a feeling of quite a new team behind yeah. mm-hmm. and, and the goalkeeper. You know, so maybe it is just taking a wee bit longer to, to gel them that initially hoped for, but hopefully they have and they can go on a bit bigger and better things now. Yeah. And- to try to put my feet back on the ground, the one one thing that I'm looking at, the fixtures coming up here, maybe with the exception of Kilmarnock, Ross County in one game last weekend when they won at Livingston, but St Mirren and Motherwell are on the not-too-distant horizon. They've been doing quite well, but in a sort of last season United style, nobody's, nobody's praising their performances, it's a result, so that's maybe the... Maybe the warning that United have is they're teams they're coming up teams that, that you maybe expect them to beat, but they stay in games those teams. So mm-hmm. well, it's I, still I, going to be tough, isn't it? I watched a bit of the Ross County Livingston game last week, and Livingston absolutely battered them. Tom. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. murdered them, and, and they've come away. I was a big win, big win for Malky mm-hmm. McKay. And we've seen Kilmarnock pick up results as well. Now what United have got to be careful of. You know, they've done really well the last two games, but they're still sitting level on points with another two teams at the bottom. Mm. You know, they, they, they can't stop. Don't let teams no. do to them what they maybe did exactly. to Hibs on Tuesday. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it'll be tough. And Ross County are, are physically a strong side. We talked about, you know, Fletcher and Mulgrew. You just wonder if, you know, if, if uh, Liam Fox may be tempted just to change things slightly to beef up his team a little. I don't know. I don't know, but Ross County are, as we know, there's a lot of six foot plus players in there, not just yeah. in the back mm. line, right across their team uh, as well. Same with yeah. Kilmarnock. I yeah. mean, Derek McInnes likes a big yeah. team, so that'd be two, two. They've got another midweeker on the back of two games this week, so I, I think we'll see a bit of shuffling of, mm-hmm. of the pack because you can't expect them to put in the amount of energy they've, they've put in the first two, yeah. two games across these two games as well in, in two weeks. So I think there'll be plenty of changes, but big chance though. I mean, Ross County on the form United are on. Ross County and then Kilmarnock are the two teams next to them. You kind of, if you can put down a, a marker on that, obviously you're in the last stages of the League Cup, which is fantastic, but you're also saying to the two teams at the bottom of the league, oh, United yeah. are better than us. And you put that in their minds for the rest of the season and you can you can start to kind of push on. So I, I think it's, it's a huge week, I think, for for United. Yeah, I think that Kilmarnock game is huge because that's yeah. the one thing that shone through speaking to Dundee United fans last season is the league finish was fantastic great to get back to Europe but it would be nice if we'd done ourselves proper justice in the Cups and the Premier Sports Cup has been relatively kind to them in the sense that yeah. uh, an away tie you know, that's tough but at the same time Kilmarnock for a place at Hamden is 
You take that. Right? You take that all yeah, day definitely. long. And if Liam, Liam Fox can take, and it would be Liam Fox that's taking them to Hamden. Let's you know not be, be oh, around the because he was in charge for the Livingston mm-hmm. game. That was a huge win. That's what ignited any sense of positivity. And he's obviously in charge for for Kilmarnock. So if Liam Fox can take this club to back to Hamden, give those fans a f- memorable day out, something to really look forward to, and by the end of this run of fixtures, but say by the time they go to Celtic Park on, on November the 5th, which obviously would be an almost impossible task, but say by that time, they're maybe around 8th or ninth in the league, and also at Hamden, Liam Fox could look at the first chunk of his managerial career at Dundee United and say, I've done a very, very good job, especially considering where they've been, and that is that's not a that's not a impossible looking uh, feat at this moment in time, and that's a, a testament to the the progress they've made in a uh, in, in what was a very important four days just gone past. Unfortunately, there was a downside this week, and during Tuesday's game, there was a racist a racist shout uh, from somewhere in the crowd. United are investigating it, and as we speak, we don't know the outcome of that investigation. What we do know is what was shouted was unacceptable. I think we'll probably recording this on 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 Thursday. I think even by the time this comes out, we'll probably have a a, a sense of progress in terms of how that investigation's going. In terms of you know areas of the pitch that it might have come from and, and cleaning up the audio and, and a few things like that. So we'll, we'll wait and see in terms of that. But just in generalities, regardless of where such a shout comes from in the stadium and it's you know it's rather unpalatable when you see people arguing about that technicality of it regardless of what fan and what fan base who they represent whoever shouted that should be treated as a individual yeah. and a pretty reprehensible mm. individual who's not representative of their fan base and hopefully not hopeful- representative of Scottish football yeah and yeah. hopefully uh, and hopefully anyone who who heard anything or can help either club out with their investigations uh, gets in touch with them because people like that shouldn't be attending football they've got no place in, in Scottish football and uh, they they do uh, irreparable damage to their club the game and it's just it's uh, yeah sad that we're, we're discussing it again yeah so to move swiftly on to much brighter news, United have signed a young Ukrainian who's unfortunately had to come over here because of Russia's actions uh, in Ukraine. But it's a nice story, and uh, hopefully it works. The, the lad's only eleven, so there's a long, a long way to go uh, before we get him in the team, Tom. Get him in the team <laughs> on the bench in Dingwall. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's it's uh, it's, it's almost it's nice. It's almost the exact opposite to the the. the Does anybody the, want to say his surname? <laughs> I I like the I like the fact that he's Stan, <laughs> they've shortened Stanislav to Stas. Yeah, it didn't take them long, did it? <laughs> it's like, I thought well, it'd be Stan though. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's a nice story. Is it Drabich? Drabich, yeah, it's yeah. it's. It so can we say that United have gone from Drabich to Drabich? <laughs> <laughs> No, in a okay. I thought you were going to go from drab to drabuch, but yeah. you, you've, you've uh, uh, no, it's it's an it's kind of the the opposite to the the horrible story we were discussing just before it. It's you know really nice and heartwarming, and yeah, and, and that's what the frustration is. You can see what what good stories mm, can come it, out of football. It, exactly, and, and it's not only what good that football can do; it's what good that. The, the people of, of Dundee have, have done these, you know, his family have had to come over here in horrific circumstances, have had to um, completely, uh, you know, change their lives, change their culture, change their language, their surroundings, and they've been embraced by the, the you know, the local area. The, you know, young Staz has settled in at a school in the area and impressed playing football to such an extent that his teachers have said you might want to have a look at him Dundee United and, and he's now being welcomed into the fold at Dundee United and being well looked after by uh, everyone at that club and it's circumstances you would have never wanted any family to have to go through but in those circumstances the family and, and the young lad himself can be so proud of the way they've dealt with things and likewise you know the, the city of Dundee the school it's um, it's in a <laughs> In a world that can sometimes be incredibly 
disheartening and depressing it's a good example of just uh, the the good people can do at mm. times I, I like the the wee bit in the story about him getting to be the ball boy yeah nice. I, I can Absolutely. just imagine what that, that would have meant to a wee lad like that and also, Fantastic. and also, like we should also point out, even you know, if, if this was to be charity, then it would be lovely charity. But it's not charity. The kid has gone in for a trial, and he's impressed his coaches so much with his natural gift and his natural mm-hmm. talent that he's won a contract. He was on the books. At, he was in the academy system at FC Lviv, who are a top-flight Ukrainian team. So the kid's obviously got uh, talent. So we should point out that good on him because he's obviously got in there on merit as well. Mm-hmm. So um, who knows? Maybe not surprising because they've. Got a lot of good players. Absolutely. So in, in four or five years' time, maybe we can you know look forward to seeing how he's, how he's progressed and, and remember the name. But for the meantime, just from a, a human uh, perspective, it's um, a really nice tale. I've just got this sort of image of his parents standing on the side of a pitch and saying, did he just shout, Giza Bath? <laughs> <laughs> We're going home now. <laughs> good stuff, chaps. But enough, enough good news. Right, on to Dundee, chaps, and because he's in such a good mood, we've allowed Alan to leave the room. <laughs> we don't see why he has to suffer like the rest of us. Oh my goodness, George. Well, Dundee had the wind up with them at Arbor, <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Um, it was not a performance to remember, I would say. It's a day to forget, certainly, for, for Dundee. Um, yet again they took the lead but that's aside from the Partick game every game, the last four games where they haven't won they've scored first inside 15 minutes which is a concerning start uh, stat I should say rather than start it happened once again they, they scored first and then usually you'd see a team once they get a goal they kind of tails are up and then they're up and at it and controlling the game but Dundee did, did none of that our both were actually the better team in the first half obviously much more used to the conditions that, than, than Dundee are in terms of playing in the wind at Gayfield um, and Bobby Lynn made the most of that with his fantastic free kick. <laughs> I think he enjoyed it against his his boyhood team um, did he celebrate? oh aye big time oh, yeah. I, 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 I have no problem with that at all I, I'm never, I'm never a, I'm never a big fan of. I mean, you do it the right way. Don't, don't run to the fans of your former club and taunt them. Yeah, you, and you run to your own fans or your own players and and celebrate. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with celebrating a goal against your old club. No, I've no problem with it. Um, I think if there was a dubious goals panel, it'd be taken off him somehow because it came off the bar and hit Adam Langston's went in. So, ah, there was so a Bobby, bit of, it was an own goal. We're not giving you. <laughs> there was a bit what of luck in there. For? But he, he, he said after the game that he very much takes the wind into consideration and just said uh, he just hit it and the wind will, will maybe help you or maybe not. And it, it helped in this case. It was an absolute, it was a brilliant strike. And Gary Boyer talking after the game, he's kind of pointing out that tends to be the goal that I think we we're talking last week about the kind of goal of the season competition is going to be Dundee being the opposition for almost every goal. At the moment, teams are scoring screamers against them, but Dundee aren't doing enough in, in the other yeah. direction. Surely, be it's about stopping people. Mm-hmm. If you give, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. If you give them the time, the space, mm-hmm. the room. They've scored good goals. Well, listen, and we all know what Bobby Lynn's got in his locker yeah. from, from a set piece. Or, you know, he's, he's, he's always prepared to have a strike at a goal. I like Bobby mm. Lynn. George has got in his notes here, Arbroath won Dundee, won Lynn 37. Is that his age? Or is that the time <laughs> he actually no. He turns 37 <laughs> on Monday, yeah. Yeah. As long as it's no his waist. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, really disappointing again. As George has pointed out, Dundee take the lead again in a game. And don't actually win it now. I'm, I'm not an expert here, but I'm sure the stats will tell you that if you, the team that goes in front of the game, and the percentage-wise, yeah. will be in, in favour of that team going on to win the actual game. And Dundee just aren't doing that at this point in time. And you know, unfortunately, I couldn't make the game on Saturday, so I'm I'm, I'm basically referencing a few of my friends and, and what they've told me. But I'm, I'm I'm concerned that 
Gary Boyer at the end of the game, his quote suggested that Dundee should have won the game. That wasn't the, the, the sort of... They no. had the chances to yeah. win it, but it would have been that, unde- yeah, undeserved, I would say. I know he's got to, to, to sort of praise his own team and, and pick out the, the best bits from his own side, but worryingly, what I was told was that, you know, like you're saying, George, it was a draw was probably a fair result at the end mm. of the day, and that, that's a concern for me because I've seen Dundee a lot recently, and they definitely are not playing as well as they were at the start mm. of the season. I, I don't know why not. I think I think I, I spoke to you beforehand, Tom, about the amount of changes in, yeah. in, in formation, uh, tactically, that they've, they've changed. They, they seem to go with two up top on Saturday, which is is a, a new one for me with, with Sheridan and, and Rudden. Um, but they're not doing as well, and they need to find, they need to quickly find the way to go um, because... Although they, they haven't been doing great, they're still within touching distance at the top because yeah. no one is no one is pulling away at this point in time. I think Inverness are on a bit of a run at the moment, yeah. at this moment in time. So there maybe that's something to keep an eye on. But everyone looks capable of beating everyone else, and Dundee, dare I say it, have got to go and do a Dundee United now, George. They've got to go. They've got two home games in, in the league. Um, they've got, I think. It's, I think that's the headline from the podcast. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, they've got air on I'll Saturday. Rose some feathers. They've got air on Saturday. They've got Morton at home the following Saturday. Now, I know Air United have been doing particularly well this season, and I know they've got a striker who you have to keep an eye on. But for me, I've done. You've got realistic ambitions mm. of winning this league. Go out and beat Air United and beat them and beat them well. Go out and take take the game to them. If the, the guy can hear me. <clears throat> manages to score it should not influence the final outcome of this game mm. because Dundee should be out of sight and the same again with Morton the following week but to do that they'll need to play a lot better than they have done in, in the last couple of games um, and interesting to see how how Gary Boyer sets his team up as well I think George yeah I, I, I don't <clears throat> I don't expect him to stick with the he's played 4-4-2 at Arbroath I think because of the conditions and because Arbroath play 4-4-2 he mat, kind of matched up and he wanted to play the. He was quite happy with the way his team finished the game at Cove. He obviously wasn't happy with the overall performance, but the way they went out to try and get back into the game, Rudden and, and Sheridan, he was quite pleased with them. So he stuck with them on Saturday. I'd, I'd be surprised if he goes with the two again this week. Um, for me, I think Zach Robinson's probably the best of the bunch, um, the way he's played this season. Um, although Rudden got. Rudden's now top scorer in the league. He's. Scored, it was a good goal. Um, still not everyone's favourite at all. He said that. I mean, and he, and he said he backed himself at twenty goals, and, uh, and he's on course for that. The way, yeah. he's, the way he's scoring, if he, if he keeps getting starts. But for me, he has to bring more yeah. to the game. He has to, you know, he has to do better. At, you know, his link up, I think, is, is isn't great. I think um, he's not giving centre halves hard enough time. He's, mm. he's 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 making it easy for centre halves to get in front of him and get the ball, and that that means that Dundee can't get up the park, and the numbers they need to get up the park, and and I'm, you know I I think Zach Rudden, I think you you know I think that there is a scorer in there, but Dundee need to find a way um, of you know getting the ball to Zach Rudden in areas that he can score goals. Yeah, and until they until they can do that, then Zach Rudden is, is he the right man to play? As you say, I mean. Dundee just aren't creating enough chances at this point in time. Robinson, for me, is, is, mm-hmm. as we've said, it looks like a well, better option. Yeah. His hold-up play is better. You've still got to score goals at the end of the day, so it's a, it's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough one, but just the whole team doesn't seem to be functioning as well as it was earlier in the season. Yeah, no, we we'll we'll still we'll be, waiting for a 90-minute yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. We're, we're probably being a bit overcritical with Zach Rodden here because he, he is there to score goals. and he, ah, has been, he has been. I like him, I has, think yeah, he's good. Yeah. He has been doing well. It's the overall performance of the mm. team Right through, right from the back, through the middle, up top, it's not functioning properly. Sad would be a good good time to do that, though. Obviously, here at home, at home, they've been away from home the last four games as well. Um, two of the last two match. against two of the bottom but, three. Yeah. And they they co- take the, one point. The Cove not, defeat is, the, is the real. Form. Yeah, that, I think the co- defeat at Cove is still rankling a bit, I think, at Arbroath. Obviously, they didn't play well at Arbroath, but that maybe could have been accepted had the Cove uh, had it yeah, not been on the back uh, of the Cove. If it was a four point out of six situation. Yeah. So, uh, you see that. Yeah, they, they have to play catch up, obviously. They've played a game extra as well at the moment. They're three points off the top. 
looking at the fixtures, did a piece this week in my, my column. Obviously, they're playing air. So if you lose that, then you're six points behind having played they've, a game more. Yeah, they've played a game more. Partick are playing Hamilton. Fully expect them to win that game. Uh, Hamilton haven't been good of late. Um, Inverness are playing Cove, although that's away, and Cove have been pretty decent lately. And Queen's Park are playing Arbroath. So all the teams above them, apart from here, obviously, are playing them. They're, they're playing the bottom three. So there's a chance if everything goes to form as it is, they could be adrift to the teams at the top. I would, yeah. I, I would turn it on its head, George. But no, I think it's an opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two home games against Air United and Morton at Denzel. Yeah. You go and win those games. And as I say, ah. you, you do Dundee United, wait and see where you are. If Dundee takes six points, there'll not be any further than mm-hmm. three points behind at the top. I, I no, mean, There's exactly. a good chance they could be sitting alongside the team at the top. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, you take the, the, the confidence that two home victories will bring, you know, and that's what I'm hoping for as a fan yeah. that's what I'm expecting to go along and see I'm expecting Air United to cause them problems but I'm expecting Dundee to cause Air United a lot more problems when I saw the game down at Air United Dundee again took the lead showed a wee bit of fragility the game could have went either the game was, was, was nah, spinning had a chance, was on a knife they? edge yeah. and then started both halves yeah. they, were, they were dominating a couple, a couple mm. of good chances didn't take them and then Air go and, and, and win the game so then you've got to reverse that. There's, there's no doubt about it. Like you say, a great opportunity the next, yeah. the next week or so. I, th- I think it's right on a knife edge at the moment, just what's going to happen for the, the game's head. Obviously, we're only fit through the first quarter, really. Um, it's time to get going, though. It's, yeah. They've lost too many games that's, already. And again, you've that's got, what occurs yeah. to me is, is, is this thing where it is only three points to the top. Does that, does that mask the fact they're not playing well enough? Yeah, I think it is. And I think Gary Boyer should take a look, go back and have a look at the games we're winning at the start of the season. Go back and see what the lineup was. Have a look and see mm. who was playing. How did they do so well in these games and they're maybe not doing so well now? What was the formation? Was it just one man up front? I think it probably was. But yeah. other guys coming in from, from the wide areas. There's no doubt that some of the younger lads have lost a bit of form. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Mulligan is going off the boil a wee bit. I don't know what's going on there. Is there con- well, they've put him out wide. Is, it, yeah, is there something going on in the background that's maybe affecting I don't know. These things, but he's certainly not playing as well as he was at the start of the season. And no, I'd, I'd agree. He has been moved positionally. I think at the start of the season, he was mainly playing the centre, wasn't mm-hmm. he? And I think he was doing really well. Also, our teams will have taken big notice yeah. of him because he's playing so well at the start that teams have stopped yeah. putting two men on him because he, he, be, he can beat a man so easily. Uh, that's obviously something every young player has to kind of Yeah, For me, and we spoke about this as well, I'm just wondering if, if there's, there is now a place to, to go back to Sean Byrne mm. and bring him back in. I know you said he's been, he has been training quite well. Um, he was looking good on Monday. Yeah. I was at the open training session and... Yeah. We that, we've dis- discussed this in the past in the, the office time about occasionally being at training and finding it quite boring. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I've only ever found training sessions boring to watch. Yeah, aye, of course. Yeah, I, I have to admit. Me too. Um, the only thing worse than watching a training session is being in one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I, I quite, going, I quite enjoyed it. Man, going back to the Benetti's time, I never used to watch training sessions until the Benetti's came, and then you went up for if they were training in Mitchell or Fort Hill, where they often say, yeah, yeah. and they would say, "Come up at tw- what time do you want us up today? Twelve o'clock." And it, invariably, you'd go up there. And they'd still be another 45 be, minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes, they'd still be training at half yeah, past one. <laughs> I know, and you were standing watching yeah. it. <laughs> so the, uh, there was a bit of that on Monday, but I did, did have, a, have a look at how the boys were doing, and Sean Bond was looking pretty good, to be honest. Um, Zach Robinson wasn't there, Niall McGinn wasn't there. We've not really talked about that. It's looks completely frozen out now. I think he had the opportunity to move on. Couple of loan offers at the end of the just going back to Burn, but but you, you, I think Burn's got the mentality. Yeah, yeah I think so. I switch and go. Like what's happened has happened. I'm here as a professional player. I'm I going think to go so, and yeah. do my job in this team. He's not going to hold any grudges. There was, as we've spoken about, there was a reason why he was selected by uh, Gary Boyer. I think it was more to do with, with wages and what he could offer the team. Absolutely, he obviously yeah. felt he had players in there that could do a, a similar type job to Burn, and he was looking to bring someone else in. But because of Burn's wage. If that had gone, he could have maybe brought someone else mm. in. But I think Sean Byrne has a mentality to go back in and still do a job for Dundee. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think, I think, and I think we will see him back. I'd, I kind of expected we might have seen him last week, but um, are both in the wind. So. 
a good game for an experienced <laughs> yeah. holding midfielder, isn't it? That, and it strikes me just speaking about Byrne, he's he's maybe part of the answer. Two things that strike me about Dundee is the first one, and that's where Burn comes in, is the do, the old football adage of ram home your advantage when you're on top, and when you're not on top, don't concede. They've not been doing that, mm. and also we're in a we're in mid October now, and you've you've raised this already, already bear. They don't seem to know their best lineup. You look at the squad and you still think that's the best squad in the championship. Uh, but you couldn't I'm not playing it like you couldn't bit. name that the starting eleven based on the selection so far this season. I mean, how many how many players do you know are going to be starting in the next game? Um two, three. Aye. That's that's, that's four. Paul, Paul McMullen's been the one kind of regular I would, I would think although he got hooked on there was some booze when he got hooked on Saturday um, there was some cheers when Killian Sheridan got hooked um, which I thought was a bit harsh but he's not some people's favourite uh, up top and there was booze at the end of the game obviously after after drawing that game and it was a bit of a. That's the first that's the first time really the fans have aye. expressed their frustration It was kind of it kind of discussing last week whether the honeymoon period was over and I kind of hummed and hawed a bit but it's definitely over now I think um, after after last week's results um, it's strange though before the game the fans were singing we've got Gary Boyer uh, and then 90 minutes later they it's, were still it's kind singing of it was just a different tone <laughs> a few different words <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it'd be good timing. As we say, it'd be good timing for the the team to get three points on the board on Saturday. But good time for 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 the manager, I think. To, it'd be a good thing for a good performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's crying out for a, a really good solid solid display where you 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 attack attack the opposition for the majority of the game and look. You know, what yeah. goes your way? Well, well. they got that, the last the, home yeah. game was what yeah. Queens Park, wasn't it? Yeah, three nil. Yeah. I mean, they were good that day. Queens Park had chances, but that was a, that was a good day. So another another one of them wouldn't, wouldn't go amiss. No, I think what frustrates me most this season is there have been very few games where you haven't seen good things. No, mm. and you're saying, well, just keep keep it going. Yeah, they, they do lack a wee bit of sort of consistency throughout the ninety minutes. Um, but it's, whether that's um, we've touched on it whether it's to do with this, the, the young boys that are in the team and George has touched on it, the fact that they have got a, a quite a young squad there now mm. um, does that make it a wee bit su- surprising that they've basically been Niall McGinn a wee bit that, I, I'm not sure th- um, you don't know you don't know what's going on in don't the know 100% but he, I he don't always th- comes across as a player who once he's, he's on the pitch yeah does his job and I, I think where the main gripe from the manager I think has been training occasionally he's maybe not been that impressed with him but um, obviously we don't know that we don't see it but when McGinn's been on the pitch as you say he's got quality and he could score and he's obviously very very experienced he, 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 I thought he was excellent at the start of the season in the, the cup games and mm-hmm. stuff I thought he was done he's probably Probably the best player when they were going well. Yeah, yeah. He's a very yeah. clever player. He, mm-hmm. he, he do, well, like I said, yeah, you know, he's, he doesn't give the ball away cheaply. Mm. He, he's clever enough to know if he goes down the line, there's nothing on. He's, he's perfectly capable of holding on the ball, coming back and, and recycling it so it goes down the other side. You know, you know, just swing a cross in for for putting it in for a cross's sake. Yeah. yeah, you know, if there's no one there, but there's obviously, as we've spoken about, something has has gone on. I think Gary Boyer desperately wanted him out to get his his, his yeah. wage. Um, I think Dundee bent over backwards to get him a club, and now I'm again, which is his right. We've got to say it. yeah. it's his contract. Around, yeah. It's his co- he wasn't happy with that, so he's sticking down. He's so it looks like he's been frozen out a wee bit, but that doesn't do the club any favours. No. They've still got they've still got to pay him. They've got a player there who's who's not in the picture. Yeah, I but these things happen at, at every club, but uh, it's it's it's. It's no great. It's no great situation for the club no, to find themselves in. I don't think. Another who, who was missing on Saturday was Paul McGowan. Didn't feature at all, which he started at Cove. So I was surprised that he he never got 
even just chucked on in the second half because it was windy, so high balls shouldn't. There was Keep a lot. The high balls there was, low. There was a lot of high balls, and there shouldn't have been high no. balls. He's a player who can get the ball down on the deck and start playing. And I, we never saw him out. I wasn't hugely impressed with the midfield. The, the, the two in the middle were Joe Grayson and um, Jordan McGee. I didn't think they were great. And Dundee never played a huge amount of football. They did create some chances, as, as the manager said. And he was right. I mean, the Sheridan got through and goal and probably should have finished it. Um, although he was unlucky. It hit the goalie, like the inside of the goalie's leg and rolled wide. Um and Robinson Bear would call that a great save <laughs> yeah. well he's in the right place uh, and then Robinson missed about six yards out in stoppage time he could have stolen it but more. I'm surprised about McGowan I hope there's me nothing too. going on there that it doesn't seem to be I mean for me yeah. he's still got something to offer at this level absolutely no doubt about that he's a boy who's a creative creative player doesn't give the ball away mm. sees the bigger picture can play tell pass he's no great at taking a goal I've said that about Gauzari it has to hit off him and go in the back of the net or he scores <laughs> he scores absolutely worldly sometimes yeah. but he creates and he's clever and you've, you've touched on it George Grayson McGee nah they're not going to, they're not that sort of player mm. Leo Cameron no Josh Mulligan no Paul McMullen, no. So McGowan has got a role to play there. I would agree, yeah. So yeah, he's maybe at an age where you have to sort of yeah, pick and choose his games, possibly, but you possibly. would think he's been doing it both ways. One of one of the ones you might have picked. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we might see him on Saturday, but it's as you say that there's a lot of players to choose from, and not many of them are crying out at the moment that they're must picks right now, which needs yeah. to change. And what about? What about Derek? Derek Ossay. I say. Well, how do you pronounce it, John? We're going to see him on Come Saturday. I'll say, I think. Um, Ossay. I don't know. I thought I thought we'd see him in the squad on, on Saturday. He wasn't there. He's been training for a few weeks. He, he was on trial in the middle of last month, I think. You know, he's obviously done enough to earn a contract. And Boyer says he brings something a bit different to the options he's got. He's quite an, he's a focal point and quite aggressive um, we'll wait and see what he brings his track record in terms of scoring goals isn't good in the senior game but he was very highly thought of as a, a youth player he, got caught, he played for France under 20s and played in the Toulon tournament so he's, he was no mug as a youth player but he's, uh, he's uh, never really made yeah, it as a senior he, player has, yeah. has he played with Zach Robinson before? Have they played alongside one another? I think they were at uh, AFC Wimbledon last season together I'm not sure if they played together um, I haven't, just haven't looked that up. Mm. But no, he, he, no, he played a few games, but he never managed. Yeah, Zach Robinson scored more goals than him last season. But I mean, it strikes me Gary Boer's obviously wanted another striker for some time. Is that because he wants four strikers, which seems sensible, or he's not happy with somebody? I, th I think. Well, he's brought answer to you two. Right, he's brought in two strikers. He's been quite happy. He's been happy with Robinson, but he says he's, he's a young player who's learning. This is probably the most games he's played yet in his career in terms of continually in a first team. He likes Rudden, but again, says there's, there's plenty to learn there. Sheridan's back off a, a big injury. Yukipak's injured again, although he trained and looked quite good on, on Monday. Yeah, I said he Sorry, I'd forgotten. You could, my I know. apologies to Yukipak, but it's, he is injured it's a just, lot. Yeah, so, uh, and you can't really rely on him to, to be fit at the moment, so... Just wanted, I don't know, he wants his own players in. It's quite clear that over the summer he's wanted to bring in more, yeah, more, and he's not been able and I to. I think, I think that should we should point that out that it's not his team, the yet. vast majority yeah. of players who've come in have come in on loan, yeah, you know, exactly. So it's you know, his, his hands have obviously been tied with, with what he's wanted to do, and he, in terms of up top, he's probably had some some players lined up, but they're just not able to fund the deal, and that, that's mm. and that's you've got to say. That's a fact of life where Dundee are at at the moment in the championship. That you know, money doesn't grow, grow on trees. They have got a big budget compared to the rest of the teams in that championship, but only stretches so far when you're trying to get certain players. Is that, well, they were try They tried to get um, the guy. It was I forget his name now. Uh, now that I've mentioned it, but the, the guy was the air. <laughs> the guy was the air last season. Did oh, really yeah. well. Scored scored fourteen goals. I think. I think they ended. They made a good offer, but I think. The offer he accepted at Swindon was multiple times what mm -hmm. Dundee could offer him. So it tells you that he was playing in the Championship last season. Yeah, there's and teams they in the Premier League yeah. up, up against that. I mean, I've 
going back, and it's been a while now since I gave up, but going back to my final few years, uh, doing your job, George, I would hear stories of even non-league teams down south mm-hmm. topping premiership yeah. offers up here. So it's a, it's a difficulty they're going to have. It, it strikes me when I look at the strikers, uh, whether, whether the fans were giving them a bit of stick or not, Sheridan looks like he has a role to play because he's experienced. Because if you take right now the other three are Aussie uh, and the two Zachs, even Zach Rudden for all his goals last season, is he's a player who's still learning his trade. Yeah. So it, it suggests that Sheridan's going to have an, an important role to play. Uh, yeah, I think he'll have a, a role to play. Obviously, as you say, experienced is played in the Champions League uh, against some of the, the biggest teams in the world. He's very honest player as well. He really puts himself about. Yeah. Um, I still think he's, he's got a way to go before he's up to speed completely. I don't see him scoring many goals, I have to admit. He's not that type, but he brings something else. I think on Saturday you had a player in Sheridan who can be a kind of target man, win balls in the air, knock balls on and stuff. And you had Rudden who struggling with that part but could score a goal. And Sheridan struggling with scoring a goal. You've got kind of the perfect striker, but they're in two. Well, it's, it strikes two. me that the one that came right into my mind there as George was saying that. As I remember for all he scored a few goals and he, he was a good player. But one of the big things John Daly did for Dundee United was bring a young David Goodwillie and mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Thingy. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Buzz, Johnny mate. Russell. Johnny. <sighs> Sorry, Johnny. Johnny, very rich Russell, I think. He's yes, called, uh, <laughs> called, uh, jo- Johnny Millionaire Russell. Uh, but but sometimes that's you always look for goals from strikers as a punter. But sometimes managers are looking yeah. for them to bring the the boy next to them on. Well, uh, partnership. That's, yeah. that's what it's called to. I'm forming a partnership. But that we've not. Uh, seen that really yeah. dense if Rudin's got to take that on and be aware of if you know if they're playing this to be fair it's the first time they've played alongside yeah, no. probably and it doesn't happen overnight but if uh, you know Sheridan's going up and is, is shaping his body in a way it'll flick a ball on Rudin's got to be on the move mm-hmm. and, and get on the end of it you know and that's where partnerships are formed but as I say Dunny for their best success and just playing the one up top so I would yeah. be surprised to see him going back to that whether it's Sheridan I can't I'm, because they he doesn't bring the goal threat that you want yeah, from a striker. I'm not sure whether they could yeah, blame him or not. No, that, that's the, that, you're right. You're right. I think he might be a plan B off the off the yeah. bench type thing. Oh dear, this sounds all very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, talking. To but I think talking about doing a Dundee United, I think all you have to look at is across the road to see how things can change yeah. in the space of a week. Yeah. I mean, if, if Dundee come up with a performance that we know is in there. In the quality they've got, if they can do that again against here and put on put down a beat air, knock Rangers out of the cup, easy, and then Morton are there. I forgot, you can see Bef- Rangers no, are completely I out forgot about Rangers, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's I'm quite, not very hopeful about one of those uh, <laughs> games. Although, judging by this week, it's quite easy at Ibrox, isn't it? So. Oh, you said it, George, oh. and you, you're going to Ibrox, too, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if somebody scores seven in that game, I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't think it'll yeah. be the away team, one, no, unfortunately. I, well, I, I, the good thing is, it'll be a good experience for Boyer. I mean, I don't know if yeah. Boyer's ever taken a team to Ibrox mm. before, I would doubt it. Yeah. They'll be very much looking forward to it. Yeah, be looking yeah. forward to it. And it's an opportunity for a, for his team to go and experience it. And for some boys, it might be the first opportunity. Put up a good show, yeah. gives you confidence. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. you know, go and, go and sort of, uh, as you say, try and don't, I mean, suddenly going there over the past five or six years with, with reasonable Premier League teams and you know hardly getting a kick of the ball and then they end up losing sort of two or three nothing mm. um, so hopefully they can go and I'm not saying go and win the game but go and show that they've got some decent players yeah you know didn't take a thrashing but go and show that they can actually play a bit and, yeah. and play a bit of football and try and get themselves you know up the part and create a few chances for the fans who are going to go through there so it's not the game isn't played entirely in Dundee's they half. got his ticket then <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there <laughs> uh, since we're talking about strikers and to finish off this week sad news at the passing of uh, a man who was a hero of mine when I was a wee boy John Duncan has passed away at a relatively young age of 73 mm-hmm. these days yes. just uh, uh, rightly 
great sadness expressed by Dundee Spurs as well his other big club in particular and I even saw Alec Ferguson mm-hmm. uh, make make a very nice statement about him and pointing out he, he, he knew him from their days as strikers in the Scottish game in the late yeah. 60s and and a special you'll you'll remember him like I do Bear, a special player Oh, he was. I, I remember I was just at the time I'd started going to Dens in the early 70s. and uh, Cologne 4-2 heart yeah, trick. That was just, my first game. Um, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm, ruined I'm your life. <laughs> I, I just remember being a real... And it's something that you don't see so much of these days. Real real striker, you know, real about quality as well. Real high quality ability to play and, and feed off number 10s like say Gordon Wallace or Jockey Scott who, who was playing at the time and could take a goal a terrific header mm-hmm. on the ball I remember being a, a wee lad standing at the front of the, the Provy Road and the actual have you, have you read the wall on the Provy Road tank I was actually lower than the pitch itself was, right. so when John Duncan jumped in the air he looked as if he was jumping about 10 foot in the air John <laughs> you know he jumped a high but Real, real quality. Real, real quality. And no surprise when he... Really Born did. out by his record. Yeah. yeah mm. Which I was... Yeah. Before before you arrived, the pair, I was pointing... I was pointing... I remember um, Jockey Scott saying to me the thing about John, because Jockey and Gordon Wallace were there, he was obviously... He was very often the wide... I don't think... He, you would never call him a winger, mm. but when they played three forwards, yeah. he wasn't the yeah. one that was right through the middle. Yeah. It was always Gordon Wallace. So... Mm. He scored. He scored slightly better than a goal every two games yeah, for Dundee, and he wasn't thing. always at forty goals in the one season too. Mm. He wasn't always right through the middle, no. and it shows how Scottish football's yeah. changed again. I was saying to George that Spurs, Spurs took a guy that didn't always get to play in his preferred position at Dundee yeah. and put him straight in yeah. as yeah. their centre right. forward, I and he it. scored a heap of goals yeah. for Spurs, yeah. a struggling Spurs team very often at that time as well. Quite, quite remarkable and a real. I never got a what we would call a real Scottish cut, which is no, amazing, but, isn't it? I, well, I was going to I was going to touch on that, Tom. You've got to remember at the time Scotland had guys like Dennis Law, Joe Jordan, Kenny Dalglish. It was so difficult to get yourself into that mm. that Scotland setup. But could you imagine Scotland having now now having a player at one of the big English clubs scoring a goal every two games, and nobody even complained about him not being in the Scotland <laughs> yeah. squad? I know, I was, yeah. it's just, just amazing. I'm really sad. Yeah. It's sad because like you said, I'm 73 nowadays isn't exceptional for a guy who's been a, a professional footballer. And But it shows, we saw him for a few years at Dens and, you know, he was a, a, obviously a big favourite, but the impression he made throughout his managerial career, his, his playing career, but also mm. his managerial career, someone like Alec yeah. should pay such a hold him in high regard and say such yeah. things yeah, that's about he's, him. Still, he's still mainly down south remember for taking Chesterfield yep. to within a minute of, of an I'm, FA Cup I'm final I'm old enough to remember that I, do, I remember watching that game I, yeah, I didn't realise that remember was his him. specs got, yeah. <laughs> when they scored his specs got knocked off so he was they were all celebrating he's trying to catch his <laughs> yeah, specs I remember that. great great Sean Dyche has scored Sean the penalty Sean Dyche yeah, so. well I noticed Sean Dyche played, yeah. paid tribute and yeah. revealed that uh, right up and Right up until recently, he was, he was his mentor. He, mm. would, he would speak to him about managing in the Burnley in the English Premier League, which uh, shows that. Uh, and quite right, he was. I remember him as a terrific athlete, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you could see that with the way he got about the park. Very, very quick. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't a. Which you would argue. He wasn't a six four, but he was maybe five ten. He wasn't. He wasn't. Five, a, ten, he five, wasn't 11. small. He wasn't small, but mm. he could jump. He could jump. Yeah. Oh, jeez, he peeps and he could head. And he maybe had to be able to run because yeah. he had, he had, he had jockey and Gordon. Right. Gordon was a great, <laughs> great one of the great all-time penalty box players. Yeah. And and uh, and I've said this to Jockey myself. He, jockey was allergic to crossing the halfway line yeah. into his own half. But you you mentioned those three. I mean, I mean, you're spoiled. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing in Scotland just now. We struggle to find somebody. Yeah. When we're talking Anybody, about Dundee, yeah. you're starting to find somebody who actually knows their trade and knows how to play in, in that manner. Well, you look you at the see, national team, man. Zach Rodden is... Well, uh, look at the national yeah. team. Well, let's, let's be brutal about it. And, 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 and I, I'm a, an admirer of both of them, but our, our two main strikers are a, really an Australian yeah. <laughs> and an Englishman. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Who qualify through... But Tom, they both, yeah. want to, they both want to run... 
They both want the, mm. they don't want to play. They want to run and get in the box and flick ball. The, 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 we seem to have lost that knack up top and to get balls and lay balls off, spin off, get in, you know, and, and just the, the whole sort of idea that although you're there to score goals, you're there to link up and, and be clever. You know, and we see it with foreign teams, but then I see it so much in Scotland nowadays when, when we had every team had, we're talking about Jockey Scott and Gordon Wallace yeah. and John. But there was there was multiple teams that had really class players in that sort of situation. And we've lost that. We've lost that. I don't know why, because I'm sure that every young lad growing up always everybody wants to be the centre forward and score all the goals, but I'm not sure if it's the way we're coaching nowadays when they're they're, they're taking an early doors and, and they're told this is the way this mm. is the way you've got to play, but we seem to have lost that individual flair that we had sort of 40 years ago. Great stuff, Japs. That's all we've got time for this week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>